0: Hello and welcome to See What We See with Lauren and Martin. My name is Lauren Cashin. I'm the Executive Director of the Ontario Opticians Association and I'm here with my co-host, Martin LeBeau, Deputy Executive Director of the Ontario Opticians Association.
1: So today we have a great topic. We're going to be talking about neurovisual training or more commonly known as vision therapy. We have two great guests with us today. We have Dr. Kiran Ramesh and Christina Cortez. Maybe we can start by getting to know you a little bit. Dr. Ramesh, would you like to start, please?
2: Sure. So I'm an optometrist, and um, I classify myself as a neurovisual optometrist because I don't work with just sight. I work with the brain.
3: My name is Christina Cortez. Um, I'm a certified vision therapist. Um, I've been doing uh, therapy for about four years now, almost five. Um, with Dr. Amesh here and um, and I've been loving every moment of it really.
0: So I think it'd be great if we could find out what neurovisual training is and also what the difference is between vision and sight.
2: So I think it's very important that people understand the sight, think about what uh, vision therapy is and sight is what, what anyone can see. So if you're standing at 20 feet, what is it that you but vision is how do you actually process what you need? How do your brain and your eyes actually vacate? Um, you know, if both you and I, Lauren, were standing at 20 feet and you said, hey, I can read those letters. And I said, hey, I can read those letters, too. But how do I know that you're actually seeing the letters crystal clear or if they're not doubling a little bit? Or you know, some sometimes they're even moving a little for some people, whereas for me, they might be absolutely still. So that would be the difference between sight and when we're doing neurovision training is what we're trying to do is work with the actual system. So not what you're seeing, but how you're actually assessing information.
0: So it sounds like we've really gone past just 2020 20 vision. And I'm 2020 vision, I have perfect, but am I really seeing properly? Am I seeing contrast working
2: together? Yeah, because honestly, 2020 means nothing. I mean, I have, I'd say majority of the people that we train, right, Christina? A lot of yeah. them actually have 20 sites. And, and that's the sad part is because they've gone from optometry clinic to optometry clinic and they've been told that their sight's great so they don't need glasses and yet they come in and I asked them, how are they doing in school? How do you function? And you know, they're doing very poorly. They can't read, they can't write properly. And that's a visual problem.
1: So, I mean, from what I'm hearing, so even if they have 20-20 vision, they get good, nice pair of glasses, they would expect see well but as well as they'd like to or hope to. So for the listeners at home, what's some of the symptoms could tell them that maybe this is the route that they should go towards uh, towards visual uh, therapy?
2: So common symptoms are headaches. You know, reading, having to reread what you're reading. So, if you feel like when you're reading passages, you have to reread it to understand it. If you feel like when you're reading, you're skipping words or you're skipping lines, if your handwriting's really, really poor, um, if, you know, even if you get car sick or you get motion sick, that's a common symptom. Blurry vision actually as well.
3: Maybe um, just maybe difficulties with stairs and steps, maybe some difficulty with sometimes depth perception is off. But Mm -hmm. typically, those are the ones that they come in for. Those are secondary, we find later.
0: It looks like some behavior problems could stem from having problems at school with with your vision. So do you you see uh, children or even, I guess, adults can have behavior problems too. But But mostly, you know, our kids sometimes, you know, diagnose with something that really isn't what the real root of the problem is in therapy. So have you had experience
2: with? Yeah, there's a lot of kids. So ADHD, for example, over 80% of that are connected to ADHD are related to a visual problem. And so what's unfortunate is when you're in schools, you know, you go and you'll go for a psych assessment and then this gets diagnosed. And yet, if you had just gone to get a visual, a functional visual assessment done and actually had some training done, you might not classify as being ADHD. And so we've had, we don't people off their patients. That's not our job. But we have had patients that no longer need their medication. And I always find it strange when people tell me that, yes, yes, my child's on meds, but only when they're in school because they can't focus. When a true disease, you'd be on your meds every day, all day. Why is it that you only have this problem when you're in school?
0: Christina, as a vision therapist, what, what what do you go through to figure out that this is the actual problem? You, there must be tests that you perform and or exercises you go through with the patient?
3: Yeah, we usually triage them. So often, sometimes people come through word of mouth or just through general um, uh, eye exams with Dr. Mesh or the other doctors in our office. Um, or people are just usually sometimes just Google us or Google these symptoms and they come to us and Um, they'll come for a neuro uh, visual evaluation. So that's a separate assessment from your general eye exam. And they'll come see Dr. Mesh and one of the uh, therapists that we work with. And we'll do basically two lines of testing. They'll do testing in her office with um, different 21 point exam. And then they'll come and see us for a perceptual test where we do everything from writing to balance tests um, to also just, uh, just general observations of their behavior. And this is where we often be, you know, Sometimes we see breakdowns. Sometimes we, um, we'll we see sweating. We'll see just different things that we know that, okay, obviously when we ask them just to, sometimes we'll ask them to write a simple line, you know, and they can't do it or they miss a bunch of words. So those are just cues that we know obviously something is missing. Mm-hmm. So, and um, then we come together and then Dr. Mesh does the final talk with either the patient or the parents. And then we come up with where they're at.
1: Would this work as well with somebody, let's say that had trauma, concussion, or got into a bad car accident, For anything sure. like that, like vertebral? <laughs> uh, we see
3: those patients all the time. I don't think people
2: realize that 60 to 80% of what your brain is actually doing is processing. So it's not just, you know, everything we do in our life is visual. Just imagine if you didn't have your sight and you were blindfolded, you wouldn't even be able to walk straight. So if you think about people that have had car accidents or, you know, have had a stroke and you think about how they walk, they can't walk in a straight line. Well, a lot of, you know, for all the opticians out there, for all the optometrists, stuck with prisms, we can, you know, change their spatial awareness and get them to walk straight again. So what's,
0: what is visual vision training? What is the process? Uh, is it exercises you do in the office? You send them home with, with uh, exercises to do. And then, uh, and subsequently, what kind of regime is sort of follow-ups?
2: Yeah, it's a series of different exercises based on what the patient's problems are. And everyone's independent. Everyone's an individual. And so it's all catered to individual based on all the testing that we've done. So typically, we'll spend an hour, once a week in office training the patient. And then we expect them to go home and do five days of, of exercises at home for about 15 minutes every day. So it's kind of like what you would do if you were in physio or in occupational therapy you know, you're doing the therapy in office, and then you're doing the home training. And then each week you come in, we can move up a little bit more, push you a little bit more. And, um, you know, they're with the therapist. And then every eight to 10 weeks, as a doctor, I'll reassess them, make sure they're headed in the right direction. And just depending on how long they need to be with us, we'll finish up the training. And then we'll always do checks on them one month after completed and again six months later to make sure everything what we've done is still there.
0: Is it something that sticks or would they have is this a lifetime exercise?
2: It usually sticks So if you are pretty diligent at doing your home training and you've been very cooperative in the office it typically sticks and to come back unless for some reason you get hit in the head and you get a concussion or you have severe emotional trauma then the visual system can shut down a bit but usually you're rebound faster as you've already done because what we're actually doing is it, it's we're actually creating new neural pathways like the brain's neuroplastic and so we're creating new pathways and now your brain's using these new ocean pathways
0: so it's training it's a repetition that type of training where it's repetition and you're like you say you're training so the I don't know how to explain it but it, it is
2: it is a type well it's it's novel training with repetition of various exercises go different levels so to put that simplistically, if someone can't read or if someone's skipping words or lines, we're not going to make them keep reading. So the difference between tutors is they're going to keep, and all you're doing is enhancing the skill that they already have. So the skill's not formed properly and not efficiently. You're just enhancing it, but you have not actually cause. So we go down and fix the cause with the fact that they can't actually track. Properly, They can't move their eyes. So we teach them how to move their eyes by doing something that's completely different that they wouldn't consider reading. So we teach them in a novel exercise. So now your brain's like, hey, this is some new activity I'm learning. And then as they understand how to do it we put different levels to it. So we might start to talk to them while they're doing it. We might ask them to answer questions while they're doing it so they can do it at a high level that their brain starts to understand that they can do this activity automatically and not have to think about it. Yeah,
3: the understanding is really important for the patient, I find, as a therapist, just because um, even no matter if they're small or obviously smaller, you have to make them understand differently. But for adults as well, getting them to understand why they're there and the importance of, you know, as simple as just moving their eyes from side to side, why, what is the point of that? We're getting to a certain spot, whether their goal is to be able to read on the computer more efficiently or to read a, a chapter book for a grade five-year-old or grade five. Um, it all depends, right? So it's um, really important for them to understand so that they get that further understanding of, okay, this is why we're doing no,
1: Like you mentioned earlier, everybody's an ind- as an individual so everybody reacts differently and everything else um, but Christina in your experience um, how many appointments or how many what's the average time for somebody to start results i mean everybody's got objectives right so they're all trying to be the target and we know it's different for everybody else but i'm sure there's a like an average uh, that you've noticed over years
3: of you know it depends right if they're really diligent sometimes you know they can get not instant results where you know it's zero to 100 they get better but they feel definitely maybe like slightly less headaches. so instead of getting five headaches a week they maybe only get Three headaches a week. So, you know, you celebrate those small wins, but mm-hmm. typically you see a bigger difference between uh, eight to 10 weeks, which is why they go see the doctor just to make sure things are progressing and that they're happy with their therapy as well. And often we, um, we sometimes see within 16 weeks or 20 weeks to we see like a drastic.
0: So I have a question for Dr. Ramesh. So what what Christina was explaining is actually doing exercises aside from writing a prescription because they have a refractive error. In other words, any glasses you see far away. Whatever are any glasses um, prescribed to help with the vision? Vision training is uh, you know we know that people who see double sometimes have prisms put in their glasses to pull the eye straight. Which is now the glasses are doing the work as opposed to the training that providing. So, do you ever uh, use types of glasses as if the therapy that might, even those prism or whatever discontinued as training goes on?
2: We do. I think pretty much all of our patients are in some sort of glasses, and usually it's more for comfort. Um, and it's to enhance training, so it's not to um, you know, pull the. For example, like you said. If someone would double, we wouldn't put prism in to alleviate the double because we want them to see double and retrain the brain on how to see. So the glasses that we do, though, is a lot of these issues come from near point strain. So the amount of strain we put on our eyes when we're trying to read and we're computer work, it's just so much for a lot of help solve the up and then just give them a bit more comfort there. And then as we do the training and they can now handle it, we can sometimes take those lenses away. Other times they might just need a little support for reading for the future and that even prevents them from being nearsighted. It's a form of what everyone's worried about for the future, myopia. So it really helps prevent the nearsighted. And then in terms of like concussion pain or um, traumatic brain injury, you know, we were talking about how they can't walk straight or that, you know, their balance is off. A lot of them, we do something called yoked prism and yoked prism where your prism in the exact same direction so it just changes your spatial awareness. And all of a sudden, you know, the room might, or all of a you might see straight and, and, and you're walking straight and your balance is no longer off. And what's funny is we'll even do that on a lot of seniors. A lot of seniors fall down and people don't realize and, and walkers and they feel like their balance is off and they don't need the visual training. Sometimes they just need a little bit of, a little bit of help and a little bit of support in their glasses, not for their sight because their sight's still 2020. But just a little bit of a a prism in there just brings your balance up. And I've actually had people take their walkers away.
0: Thank you for listening to part one of our conversation. There's a lot more content coming your way. So stay tuned for part two. Thank you for listening to See What We See with Lorna Martin. Be sure to follow us across our social media pages so you never miss an update or an episode. You can find us on Twitter at OOA underscore frontline. On Facebook and LinkedIn, we are Ontario Opticians Association. Follow us on Instagram at Ontario Opticians Association. That's all one word. We look forward to seeing you again on See What We See with Warren and Martin. Take care and stay safe.